You are joining Making a Difference with Melissa Clark, a new show that shares the compelling stories and voices of well-known and everyday people who change the world in big and small ways. Enjoy our guests. Call in or just listen to Be Inspired. For this show was made with you in mind. Please join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with our special guests. And you can listen to our recast at www.melissaclarkshow.com. Hi, thank you so much for joining us here on Making a Difference. I'm Melissa Billy Clark. We are all familiar with the New Jersey Housewives on Bravo and particularly the Manzo family. We invited Albie Manzo, who has come so far in his career from being an entrepreneur, to his partnership with the famous Oceanfront Berkeley Hotel in Asbury Park. Albie and his brother Christopher took on the new role as food and beverage director. They're helping the community one meal at a time with Asbury Park dinner table and bringing in a haunted experience with the hotel this Halloween season. Take a look. Abby, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. Now, how old were you when you started the New Jersey Housewives? Oh, geez. I mean, we were filming. Um, the first time we ever filmed, I uh, was my college graduation. So I was... Um, just barely turning 22. It was like a, a week or two before my 22nd birthday. Oh, wow. And you're 34 years yeah. old right now. 34. So we grew up with you. We grew up watching no. you. <laughs> well, you know what though? In reality TV years, that's like, I might as well be 60 something. I mean, like yeah. that, like that, that stuff will age you pretty quick. It's so true. How did you guys get into the show? How did your family get into the show? Hey, it's pretty much the most New Jersey story you'll ever hear. Um, a, you know, I guess a, production team went to a salon and said, you know, a bunch of crazy women that fit this mold. And um, they picked uh, two of my aunts um, mm -hmm. and then two women dropped out. And my mom was one of the, uh, the last minute kind of stand-ins there. And, and we kind of thought it would be like a quick two month thing. Uh, it ended up taking them quite a bit of time after that, you know, uh, but it was not as short as we thought. Yeah. So it's your family. It's you, it's Christopher, Lauren, mom, Carolyn, and Albert. Uh, he's actually the fourth. Are you the fifth then? So I'm actually the fourth. My dad's the third. That's that's why I got this thing. Um, that was uh, yeah. I, so I'm the fourth. My if you know if I end up having a boy eventually, that he would be the fifth. Um, so no no pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> what was your takeaway from that show, Albie? Um, I think there's a lot. I, I think mostly my takeaways were mostly personal. Where it seeing how. What's unique about that show is there are people in some cases, you know, your entire life that you get out on television and then you see how they change personality wise. Um, and I think attention, you know, in general, uh, any amount of, um, I think uh, uh, some of that exposure, the feeling of significance, it impacts people differently. That was the biggest thing that I took away from it, mm -hmm. um, you know, for better or worse, a lot of different ways. Yeah. How are your relationships with people now? Like, how do they treat you? they see you on the street or uh, awesome i mean like you know people would come up and uh there are very very few negative experiences at least that i've had um and uh you know a lot of them are really excited to see it and they'll say oh we feel like we know you and i'll always say well you kind of do i mean 
we, we never really were the family that was like faking stuff, you know? So um, we were very, you know, kind of open about what was going on in our lives and whatever it was, it was. And I think for some people that really resonated and, you know, um, some people might even say the mix is boring because we weren't going to fight for no reason just to kind of stay on TV. We didn't, didn't necessarily care when it was done, it was done. Right, right. And you have a nice relationship with your mama. That's what I like very much. Yeah, of I, course. I did of course. as well. Your, your mom is a cool person. I like her. She's no whole yeah. floor. She'll tell you how it is. That's how my mm, mom was. She'll definitely. She'll definitely <laughs> did you have, now you were on a couple of shows relating to being single because you were just single and, and you were, you were, both you and Christopher are very handsome and Lauren's a beautiful girl. So God bless all of you. Uh, Thanks. For, you know, and, and for being kind to people as well. Um, but I saw you on the uh, Bravo's Millionaire Matchmaker in 2010. And I guess it yeah. was hard for you to meet uh, women uh, because of your status and uh, because of perhaps maybe your relationship with your family you were so close. What do you think? I think that, you know, it's, it's, it, it was easy to meet people. I think it was harder to meet like genuine and real people and get into situations that, you know, were in any way um, sustain, sustainable in, you know, kind of like from a value standpoint, you know, and in some ways that's okay. Like, you know, having fun in your twenties and stuff is all right. Um, I think that does something to you mentally after a little bit of time. That's something I had to deal with, you know, for sure, work a couple different things out from a, you know, trust perspective. Cause after a while you start just kind of thinking that everybody you meet is, you know, has a certain mindset and whatever. Um, you know, as I got older, I definitely got better at, at that. Um, but it, it definitely impacts things. I mean, if you really look at anybody who's married, I, I think this is still true. Um, anybody who's really gotten married and that was on that show, uh, the majority of them married somebody that they knew previous to being on TV. Um, you know, at least from the kids, kids stuff. I think maybe, you know, I think Victoria Wakili, uh, is my, uh, my assumption anyway, might be the only one that I could think of off the top of my head that that's not in that boat. Right, right. And now you are in a new relationship. Well, it's not really too new. When did you met Chelsea? What, two years ago? Uh, Chels and I, um, it'll be, uh, I mean, we'll have known each other, uh, I guess, two years come, come Christmas. But we, we were dating, uh, we dated a little over, yeah, a little over a year, year and a half, somewhere in there. And she's I'm a like, teacher. I'm, I'm trying to do the math in my head. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. awesome. She's like, she works at a, a special needs school um, locally to where uh, uh, we live now. And um, it's, it's, it's awesome. She's got a, a ton of patients, which I think number one, um, I, I can definitely be all over the map and a little bit difficult. So I, I don't pretend to be the easiest guy in the world to, to, to be around, but um, yeah. she's great. She's, uh, she, she makes, um, you know, really like, uh, she gives me like kind of a sense of calm, which is really, not something I think I ever um, anticipated or thought was was possible for me. But like you know, she's like, you know, we're we're definitely in kind of it's a different kind of a a relationship with us in in a lot of ways. Right. You didn't lose you didn't lose me, did you? Because um, of course my phone was on low power. That that just makes all the sense in the world. See, this is why I'm. Is nuts. it plugged in now? <laughs> no, you're fine. We got twenty percent. We'll be okay. So all right. Okay. I gotta plug it. But. <laughs> Not, you know, she's not, she, she's fantastic. And honestly, like her, her family's awesome too. And that was something I don't think I've ever to this extent, like really, um, have, have experienced fully in a relationship. So it's just the type of thing where, um, she, it's, it's, it's just a, a good, 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 uh, situation 
in every sense of the word, uh, by every sense of the word to me, because it's like, it, it makes life kind of, um, I always said that I don't like making decisions when I'm really, really happy or really, really sad. Sure. Like I like Good. making decisions <laughs> when I'm just in the middle, you know, like that yeah. to me is like the most pure form of, of, um, uh, uh, kind of like, like decision-making because I'm, there's not like that emotional rush one way or the other where you're biased. Right. Mm-hmm. And she gets mad at me. I'm like, you know, like to me, when you're almost bored in a relationship, that's when you really know how it is because it's like, wow, when I can just kind of hang out and do nothing and you're there and I'm there, we're not making plans. We're not even like necessarily trying to be out or do something. And it's kind of like a, Hey, what's up thing. And there's nowhere else you'd rather be than that environment. That's kind of to me how you really like, know you're you're in something great and this is probably the first time i can say that you know wow did you ever have a woman you knew right away that they were using you in some way shape or form i mean you know what like i i don't pretend to have the type of i i I think i'm a pretty good person instinctually like i think i read people pretty well when those things would happen you know you just kind of took it for what it was some in in those in those you know times right mm-hmm. there's kind of like it wasn't not that it wasn't important to me but like I kind of didn't my priorities were really elsewhere than the dating world anyway it was a lot of like you know trying to get my career set up and everything and getting used there to be honest with you was more difficult and and I think mentally like damaging in some ways than in relationships because you're gonna have that anyway Right. Like that's always going to happen in life. People with different kind of intentions or not even so much intentions, different values than you have. It doesn't necessarily make them bad people. It just makes them a bad fit. And right. you just kind of keep going until it clicks. I mean, it's like anything else, but um, you know, I, it's not something that at least now, and then maybe it, it's a hindsight is 2020 thing. And maybe Chels is a big reason that like, I'm not, you know, emotionally charged in that kind of response. Cause I'm happy, you know, but uh, yeah, no, it wasn't something that I kind of, that really like busted me up too badly. You just kind of took it for what it was. Do you think this show used um, your uh, status, you know, as far as being single? Do you think that they focused a lot on that? Yeah. And, and oh, putting you on on the yeah. millionaire matchmaker. I mean, did mm-hmm. you want to go on that show? I, mean, I didn't mind it. I, I really, yeah. I, I didn't necessarily mind it. You got to remember too, like being on TV was fun and we had a lot of fun doing it. And I think in the right environment, 100% you do it again, right? Right. But the, it, it is also the kind of thing where I think people kind of lose the obvious point where, okay, like this guy, you're turning 30 and you really can't find the one. Well, yeah, dude, every time I go out, there's a bunch of cameras around. It's not exactly conducive to like the easiest dating environment. Like, like just how like you attract people that might have the wrong intentions. You kind of repel people that have really good intentions because they don't always want to be in that environment. You know, that's not for them. Right. Um, you know, so it kind of goes both ways. So it's, it's that kind of thing that I think, um, you know, is lost on some people sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're so happy that you're happy. And we Thanks. wish you and Chelsea mm-hmm. a lot. She's a beautiful girl and, and she yeah, helps awesome. out legislation, helps out people and she's an educator. Yeah. She's uh she's a teacher at a, um, a special needs school. So her particular um, job, it, it's, it's solely, it's a private school solely for special needs. I think her kids range anywhere from, I believe it's like six to like, the teens um and uh you know it's 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 a really i i think if there's any occupation on this planet that is completely 
overlooked, underappreciated and all that. Um, it, it's that one. Uh, and, and there's a lot of people that I think deserve to be commended. I think from a value standpoint, we probably celebrate the wrong things as a country as a whole, right? I totally um, agree with you. But she's like, you know, she'll come home literally, you know, a couple of days after getting headbutt and whatever, because, you know, these kids are in a position where they can't necessarily communicate in a way that, you know, you and I uh, uh, can. So it's not something that is their fault. This is just kind of how, um, you know, uh, how they, for whatever reason, in a certain circumstance might, you know, something like that might happen. Yeah. Um, for her, it's the amount of, I think, understanding and good hearted nature to actually go in there, not get paid a ton of money, because like, that's, as an educator, that's just kind of how it is, and really commit to what you're doing and making a difference so much that you are quite literally going through every once in a while sometimes where, you know, you'll, you'll have that type of an occurrence um, and know that's something that you're going to deal with. It's part of the job and still be super passionate about making a difference in these kids' lives. Yeah. The role they play is, I mean, it's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly vital to, to our society. You know, it really is. And, um, and, and not only that, I mean, there are people that are really out there trying to champion certain causes for therapies and stuff like that to make, you know, the, the lives of people that, you know, are affected by this uh, in any way, you know, easier. Um, and, and it's not just limited to the education world, but um, it's really something that I don't think we, we appreciate and talk about enough, to be honest with you. I agree with you. Is it a charter school that she works for? Do you guys have charter schools in New Jersey? Um, I mean, I, I know it's a private, I don't, I don't know the exact way that they would, mm -hmm. they would describe it. I know it's a private school, um, you know, I, I, so I, I'm not really too familiar with how it works though. Yeah, I totally agree with what you just said. I actually work for my local newspaper here, and we have a lot of charter schools here. And these educators get paid 30% less than public school teachers. Mm. They have double the amount of children who have, you know, disabilities, and they have no security. So these kids just run out of the school sometime, and it's tough, it, yeah. it is tough. So thank yeah. you, Chelsea. And if Chelsea ever wants to come on the show, I would love to have her on to talk about you know, what they go through as educators. Mm. No, I'm um, sure she would. She's yeah, great. thank you so much. Okay, let's get into business. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to talk about the Brownstone really quick. Your family um, owns the Brownstone in Patterson. Mm -hmm. uh, did you guys do anything throughout the pandemic? Uh, did your family, did the Mansell family do anything regarding for the first responders, helping them out? Uh, they, I mean, dad and, uh, dad and Uncle Tom, forget about it. They are like, since I've known them, you know, some of the some of the earliest memories I have are, are different things where they're they they've given back in more ways than I can even count. Like, in, and they do it in ways that get creative beyond just some of the obvious things like either food or, or um, uh, you know, financially donating certain causes. There's so many different things, and and actually, when we got on TV, that only really expanded. They they were really excited to use the platform to try and do some good for the community and everybody around them. Um, when we got rolling here at the Berkeley, and, and I know we were speaking about this before, it's so strange to me because this is by far the longest amount of time in my life I have gone without being in that building. I, yeah. I, I could not tell you the last time I was at the Brownstone. I can't even believe that's a, that's a sentence. I can't even believe that's something I'm saying. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, immediately they were, you know, quickly trying to mobilize themselves to do things to either, you know, help their first, first responders that were out there. Um, their, their local police fire departments and, and you know, uh, 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 healthcare providers and stuff like that. And um, 
you know, they're really, really aggressive in that regard. And I think that's something that, you know, my brother and I are definitely, um, you know, looking to carry on in a different community down here in Asbury Park, you know, so it's, yeah. they're, they're just incredible, you know, always around. It's hard with the catering business right now. So let's so let's get into Berkeley. Mm. We're going to get into Bloom and Birch in a minute, my beautiful little flower here. <laughs> but yeah. um, let's talk about the Berkeley. Uh, the Berkeley is historic. It's in Asbury mm -hmm. Park. Uh, yep. You and your brother took over the food and beverage um, department. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what's going on over there. Yeah, so we, we partnered up with uh, the Berkeley Oceanfront Hotel down here in Asbury Park um, to run food and beverage here for them. And, and everything kind of snowballed. It was originally supposed to be like, you know, just kind of jump into catering and then it turned into the restaurants. And then it was like, okay, let's do this here, this there. And there's so many different ideas that kind of came together. Yeah. Um, then obviously, you know, we, we get rolling here in February and, you know, we're, we're closed up in, in March, um, you know, with, with COVID and everything. And we had to really look at ourselves, take some time and say, okay, well, you know, how are we going to adjust to this new normal? And weirdly, you know, Chris and I especially are in a pretty unique position to kind of uh, be able to do that. Um, uh, and, and what we end up doing um, comes sometimes like is inspired by reality TV. Like here's a situation that you're in and make it this, you know, like it, it, it weirdly we're, we're well suited to kind of, you know, to pivot and put ourselves in a position to try and be as successful as possible. To me, you know, I'm kind of a rules guy. If you're going to, if you're going to have, you know, a set of criteria that everyone's playing by, I'm going to find out how to, how to take that and turn it into something amazing. Like that's just kind of how I'm built. I get excited. Um, this was a different kind of challenge, you know, but again, I haven't, since television, haven't been able to work the floor of a restaurant in years. And we've had a couple different partnerships. That's been a tough thing for me to do because people recognize us from the show, it became a little bit of a distraction more than anything. And now there's a mask on, you're wearing a mask, gloves, hat, whatever you're doing. And it got us back on the floor. So we really rolled up our sleeves and went to work. And you're talking about a place that's a behemoth. It's a gigantic, gigantic, gigantic place. Um, and you know, you're trying to hire at a really, really difficult time. You're trying right. to go to work and open something brand new at a really, really difficult time. And um, it, it really was, uh, it, to me, an exciting challenge because there's not a lot of places like this um, with this much history and, and this much potential in one spot. And, you know, we're, I'm looking at the beach right now. So it's kind of, it's hard to beat it. You have hospitality in your blood. Do you like mm -hmm. being, do you like helping people and doing customer service and have people come into your beautiful establishments and feel comfortable? Like I, worked, for them. I, I worked really, really hard to not get into hospitality. It was, um, you know, especially, you know, coming, growing up the way we grew up. Uh, I, I wanted to get into to branding and stuff like after we got out of, um, obviously I wanted to go to law school, but, and after that, you know, it was really just to kind of be an entrepreneur. Cause I felt like that's really the spirit of what our family is. Right. right. Um, and I think that's why I got into so many different projects. I like to be, you know, shifting gears a lot. This place is so different being that it's obviously in a hotel. The, the occasions that people are here for, the different types of people that you meet, that it's so different than any other kind of environment that I've been in because, you know, you're meeting people, you know, from all over the country, all over the world, really. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the instincts are there, you know, it's just, it's a very different kind of, um, it's a different kind of work. And, and I think when you grow up in it, um, it's, it's probably a little bit easier to kind of put the amount of hours that it really takes to be successful here. But I mean, 
plenty of times here. I, it's been midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and I'm downstairs washing dishes and stuff. If I have to be like, that's the type of thing that like, you have to love it. And and I do that because in my brain, I've seen my dad do it. I've seen it happen. So I, I like that you just said that. You know, I really believe that children should start off in a restaurant. I think before you dip your hand inside of the cash register, you should clean the toilets. <laughs> you know yeah, what I well, mean? Honestly, everybody should. For, yeah. for no other reason, honestly, mm -hmm. then I think it would probably make everybody uh, nicer because there are a lot of people that are just, it's something about being at a restaurant that every once in a while will bring out the mean side of somebody. It's crazy. Like people love to go off on a waiter or something. And eventually like you become like just very good at just kind of, taking that absorber and moving on to the next thing, you know? So yeah. uh, I, I think everybody should work there, yeah. You always have to be on and you always have to be kind. And yeah, I, I, I always told my nephew actually worked in a place in uh, uh, South River, New Jersey. And I'm like, it's so good because it teaches you cleanliness. It teaches you oh, yeah. responsibility, how yeah. to put things back in your own home. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Tell us about the Berkeley. It's, is it a haunted place? <laughs> so you know, I think any place that that's coming up on his hundredth birthday, it's going to have some stories, right? But yeah. I can assure you this much: um, if if there was ever a moment where it was like a, a shining type of thing, it was when everything had first closed down, COVID-wise, and we were here just you know in this building by ourselves. I never personally experienced anything. Um, we were having uh, the the uh, the haunting, like the the immersive experience here. But honestly. Uh, that's really more of a, you know, it's got pop up almost the, uh, it's like a museum style thing um, that we're doing here. Um, that is going to be a really, really cool experience using animatronics and stuff that honestly, I'm big into immersive experiences. And I thought Halloween was a perfect place to start here. Yeah. Um, and it will hopefully not be the only thing that we do. I, I think this is a model that we'll really follow for a lot of things. But just the reaction on that alone here has been just so incredibly encouraging. There's a lot of challenges with running events in this type of an environment and doing things the right way, uh, working with sanitation companies and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, yeah, to me, it's, it's, um, it's not something I've ever, you know, experienced on here. I could, I could pretty well assure you that at least for me, it's not haunted. They leave me alone at a bare minimum. So. <laughs> Well, you're having um, you're having an event going on 1023 to 1031. Mm -hmm. uh, you can either do a standard ticket at Eventbrite. You can get mm -hmm. it. And we'll put this on at the end of the show. Um, or you can go. Can you stay there for the VIP? You stay there. There's 13 mm -hmm. rooms that are known so, to be haunted. Or so basically, what we did was we did we made 13 different environments. We're calling them 13 rooms. Um, we have uh, a set number of them that are actually guest rooms in the hotel. It's not like, you know, there aren't random rooms just that were chosen. We went and did, uh, we partnered up with number one, Abracadabra, New York City, uh, really working with some amazing, amazing props and animatronics. Uh, this way, like, you know, from a COVID standpoint, you don't want people right now screaming in each other's faces. That's not what we wanted. Right, um, right. So we were really excited to link with them and then just kind of create an environment where, honestly, right now, this event to me personally is incredibly important because I just think that we are, I, I think we need a win as, as a community, you know, and, and I don't even necessarily mean that for Asbury Park. I, I think, you know, I, um, I mean that for really everywhere. I, I, I feel very strongly that, you know, we've been cooped up. This is a different type of, of lifestyle for all of us. And um, I really want to try and 
set the standard for how number one, this industry can play by the rules and be successful. Number one, mm -hmm. um, that's something I take deeply, deeply personally. And, you know, beyond that, I just give people a reason to get out and smile a little bit. You know, I, I think that we, we see that it's such a crazy time in so many different ways. Um, we need that right you know, now. So I, I think so too. Thank I think you so, so too. much. And thank you for your teaming up with Asbury dinner table. So yeah, all of the yeah. tickets, and this is first heard on making a difference. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for telling <laughs> yeah. us this. Yeah. Um, all the, uh, tell us about the tickets that you're doing to help out the Asbury dinner table. And tell us what Asbury dinner table is. So it was pretty exciting. Uh, when we saw the reaction that, that we were getting from the community and the support that people were, were throwing our way, we really want to take an opportunity to support the rest of the community at large for what we're doing. So partnering with Asbury Park Dinner Table, they've, um, they're a relatively new organization. To me, it was like built for COVID the, the way it was described to me. They could barely get the words out of their mouth before I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. Um, they're patronizing the restaurants in town that are obviously being impacted by what's going on um, and taking the meals that they're buying from these restaurants um, in, a, in a, uh, a financially appropriate way and donating them back to the, the needy um, in the community also. So the domino effect there is huge because you're doing your best to keep these places in business, keep people employed, while also giving back to the, uh, to, to the community um, uh, members that do need it. So it was just a no-brainer for us to try and do something where we can hopefully have a really, really big impactful event, and it has you know, serious, direct um, impact on the community we're, we're looking to serve. You know? So it was exciting to get with them. Uh, and they're at asburypartdinnertable.org if you want to look them up. They're awesome. Sure. We'll put up their information. And what does it mean to you, Albie, to give back during this time? Honestly, you know, uh, giving back during this time, and I, I'm choosing my words wisely here because I don't want to come off like cookie cutter, typical response. It really, really has such a huge influence on what we're trying to do because it, it really is the reason we're throwing the event. I think a part of giving back to the community is hosting the event in the first place um, and doing this in a way that, you know, we partnered with Sanico in New York City. They're a fantastic sanitization company that is quite literally walking around the entire space every 30 minutes and sanitizing the entire spot. Um, the way that we're bringing, you know, a lot of uh, our employees back that typically speaking, you know, you're on the beach, you see a lot of work in the summer, obviously bringing our employees, putting people to work, putting other people to work that don't typically work here, doing a number of different jobs that we'll have here. Um, that to me was important enough in and of itself. When I heard about the Atbury dinner table folks, it was just another layer to, to, to put into place here. And that has been such an integral part of the, the community around Patterson for decades. And obviously with the new kids in Asbury, when we say we want to make an impact on, on a place, when we get there, we mean it. And I think you do that in a variety of different ways. This was, I thought, the best way to put it together. And it meant a lot to both me and my brother to be get off in a way here with, with the city where we're showing everyone, hey, look, you know, this is how we do things. This is what we're about. We want to bring some really creative ideas to the town. <clears throat> we want to be a great partner in the town. Um, and it's just a really, really awesome feeling to see how passionate this community is and how quickly people were immediately writing things up and saying, I'm so glad something is going on. Um, and we were kind of nervous too, because I didn't want other people to think that we were just kind of throwing something because it's like, oh, hey, like, you know, you know, we, we don't necessarily, like, here's just some random idea. Like, there's a lot of 
thought that went into this, a lot of production value that's going into this. And we just want to do something that's going to put smiles on everybody's face. And now, um, if it's going to also help support the, uh, you know, uh, Cookman Ave here, Main Street and all that, it's, it's, it's important. It's big. Are people walking around there or is it a ghost town? What's the atmosphere like down? As far as goes? Yeah. I think everywhere is a little bit lighter than it would typically be. I mean, where we are specifically is closer to the beach. So the um, the typical street traffic is a little bit further that way uh, mm -hmm. as far as town goes. Um, so, I mean, I'd say, you know, we don't necessarily notice a difference. The weirdest part for me is that I don't think we've seen this community yet do its thing. Outside of my, you know, memories from hanging out here, you know, in the summer years ago, we haven't seen this place do what it does. So right. it's strange while we've opened it and, you know, put our spin on some things. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to see what the real summer looks like, right? Yeah, totally. Hopefully by next year, everything will go back to normal. <laughs> tell, tell us about your, um, the, are you renovating a uh, club? And no. That was the first thing. That was the first thing here that I totally went nuts about. Somebody wrote that we were opening a nightclub here. Chris and I have done that before. We have no interest in running a nightclub. Calling uh, it Johnny and, and June Carter Cash. So there's there's an event space that we put together. Johnny Cash used to be um, uh, a investor in the hotel here. He actually used to have an apartment in the hotel here. Right. Uh, so we wanted to do something that really honored the legacy of Johnny and, and June Carter Cash when they lived here because. There are a lot of parallels, the more I read up on all that, to what I think we as an entire world are experiencing now. Everything's a little bit different. I think that you know, Johnny Cash came here and invested in the town before it really was what it is now, and it's only growing now. Right. Um, one of the reasons we're really excited to be here. So we wanted to put something together that really like, you know, kind of told the story. I think there's a lot of stories in this building that you know, could use some some telling yeah you know? and i think johnny cash can come on like who, who better than him right so yeah. um you know but uh there's there's just so much history here and again being at asbury it's just a it's, it's just a fun place to be number one absorb it and hopefully make a little bit of our own you know yeah that's where uh the boss came isn't he from the uh first spring team he's from asbury park yeah uh uh he um a, a couple of the major famous music venues stone pony uh, right here. So, I mean, you know, Bruce made this place famous convention hall, forget it, a couple, a handful of times. So let's talk about your entrepreneur. You started BLK, the water, the charcoal mm -hmm. water. You're no longer with them. Yeah. I mean, I've left, I've been out of BLK now for geez. I mean, it's gotta be like seven years or so. Um, but it's wild. I still get posts almost I'd say at least once a week of people saying, Hey, we're supporting you and, and all that, which I don't have the heart to even tell people that we were gone. So I, it was just like, to, to me, the intention of it is so cool. Mm -hmm. But I'd say no joke, at least once a week, we still have somebody that'll hit us up and say something. Um, I, I think that, you know, going off on my own was, it was a big risk, uh, but I'm really glad I did it. I mean, we wouldn't, you know, everybody, like we wouldn't be in a, in a position to, um, you know, try new things and all of that if it wasn't for the amount of support that we had from the public too. So I was really confident to be able to get into some, some different things and, you know, listen to people and, um, I, you know, just kind of get the feedback of what they wanted. I've tried a million different things and I think that's always going to be me. Like, you know, that's, that's always going to be the case. So, the, the, uh, but it's fun. The only reason why I asked you about BLK is because Steve Edge is the vegan certification who sponsors our show and she certified BLK. 
Cool. Because it is a vegan product. So that was the only reason why I asked. Yeah, you. I don't know. I don't know that we had it certified when I was still there. I, I think off the top of my head, I, I, I mean, like it's, it's. I feel like Forrest Gump when I talk about some of the work I've done. It's crazy. I feel like I've been all over the map. <laughs> well, let's talk about Lumenbirch. I actually received this in the beginning of the year, you know, and it still smells the same. Okay. It's such a beautiful smell. It's not potent at all. Uh, so tell us about uh, your flowers here. These are real flowers, by the way. Yeah, so Bloomberg, they're uh, real roses that last a year. Mm -hmm. um, get uh, rehydrated. They go through a, a process of basically preserving them. Um, and it keeps them looking fresh. It's awesome. Uh, that was a, a friend of mine, Suzanne, that started that company and called me one day, just kind of looking at pick my brain or whatever. And next thing you know, we started partnering on it and we, we ran with it. And um, uh, it, it's a product that makes people smile. What's your advice for an entrepreneur? I would say fail. That's the best advice that I have for an entrepreneur. I've done that my whole life. The best thing I'm probably, the thing I'm best at is probably screwing up. Um, and I'm, I'm good at it in the sense that when I do, I just kind of keep going. It's, uh, it's not something I think that comes really, really easy. You don't press, uh, you have to learn sometimes just kind of be calm and let things run, but um, just keep trying and keep working. That's the only thing that there is, that's it. And what's in your future right now, Albie? Hopefully just more fun projects, stuff like this, you know, but right now it's these guys. So these guys are on me. I'm sorry. I got to run. That's okay. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. We got to do it again. Thank you. Abby. To find out how you can be of service and get involved with the Asbury Park Dinner Table, head over to asburyparkdinnertable.org. Experience a fun-filled, frightful night at the Berkeley Hotel in Asbury Park. The event goes on from October 23rd to October 31st. Head over to www.thehauntingasbury.com for more information. If you have a vegan product, make your vegan claim official with the only accredited vegan trademark in the world. Visit www.beveg.com, that's www.beveg.com to apply now. Making a Difference is sponsored by Preferred Health Magazine. Please visit www.preferredhealthmagazine.com today and subscribe.